Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Uh, Tonight, we're going to start <laughs> off, hold on, because we started having a conversation. <laughs> and, and this might not be what listeners are expecting. I promise there's literary stuff coming up. Yeah. Um, but first, we want to talk about Biz Marquis. Yeah. Um, what's the song actually called? Oh, just a friend. Man. Just a friend. I don't know. Just I a think friend. Just I a think, friend. Right? Yeah. Okay. Now, what did you say about that? That it's particular a, piece of music? I think the exact phrase I used was fucking musical masterpiece. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you, which is odd, because we don't agree on things like this. <laughs> I know, right? That, I don't know what it is about that. It's so dumb and simple, but I just, I'm just i so charmed by it. I think nostalgia for me has taken over today, because this is the 35th anniversary <laughs> of MTV's debut. Oh, with the with video killed the whatever radio star. Yeah, yeah. The killed the whatever. Holy shit! The let's whatever talk about, shit. Let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. Video killed the whatever shit from Barnes and Noble. I mean, that was a great song too. But I mean, legendary in that it launched um, music television. Sure. Which became a big deal for a while, and then went completely away. And now is probably just run by YouTube videos, I'm guessing. <laughs> if uh, yeah, if that video hadn't aired 35 years ago, we wouldn't have the Teen Wolf TV show today. Yeah, but Scream Queens, wasn't that also MTV? No. Oh, I thought that Scream was. Scream Queens was Fox. Uh, the Scream TV show oh, um, yeah, 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 is, yeah, is MTV, yeah. and that's actually good. That's actually oh, a good show. I haven't, it's, it's on like my... I'm going to run out of shit to watch. Like, I will have seen all the Korean dramas, and then I'll have to, I'll have to watch some other stuff. So it's on my list. Um, Just a Friend is the name of the video. Yeah. Oh, there's a video. I almost feel, or the I song, feel yeah. like somebody should have a podcast where they watch a video from, like, the <laughs> 80s or early 90s and talk about it for half an hour. Why isn't anybody doing that? Uh, are you being sarcastic? I'm being sarcastic. Teenage dirtbags. I know. I was like, we should do that. I was like, no, we know people that do that already. Do you keep up with um, what the the songs that they do? Um, no, because I have been on a podcast um, fast mm. for months now where I haven't listened to anything, including my favorite podcast, this one. All right. So I'll just um, I'll talk about Teenage Dirtbags really quick. So basically, it's Brayton Cameron and his friend Gary Butterfield. And what they do is they watch... A music video from the 90s and I'm using air quotes that you can't see because sometimes the songs are you know more recent sometimes they're older like they did a Billy Joel song and they just basically break down what happens in the video it's so similar to what we do here but like funny or funnier <laughs> and funny um, sometimes not typically intentionally funny but right <laughs> but um, here's some of the songs so they did they do they do the songs that it's like these are very like emblematic maybe of of the time so inside out by eve 6 cumbersome by seven mary 3 shine by collective soul blue by eiffel 65 um yeah they do some crazy stuff and uh i'm trying to think i thought there was one that you would particularly enjoy oh they did getting jiggy with it Will Smith, water. That's not, the, that's not the one I would particularly enjoy. <laughs> Waterfalls by TLC. Waterfalls is my jam. X French T-shirt. That's what they need to do. Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. You remember that classic? Mm-hmm. Um, man, they did uh, 
It's My Life by Bon Jovi. That was pretty entertaining. They did a they they did Barbie Girl by Aqua. So basically, that song. Thong Song by Cisco. And essentially, it's uh, they just explain what happens in the music video, and they pick songs that are you know for you know the well known songs, but the music videos have to be weird and confusing or strange, or there's got to be something that's entertaining about them. Right, and that makes um, sense. Yeah, so they did "Smooth" by Santana featuring Rob Thomas, and um, it's just their their commentary on these videos is hilarious. So, yeah, I think that they really need to do "Just a Friend" by Biz Marquis, but I'd have to watch the video first to see if uh, if it uh, it qualifies. Well, um, you should do that. Yeah, um, not right now, but <laughs> oh, I was going to hit play because it's on YouTube right now, ready to go. Because we have stuff to talk yeah. about. All right. All right. Favorite. Um, this is my favorite news item of the week. And um, I, 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 August just started. So maybe it's my favorite news item of last month. Um, Scott Brown. <laughs> Scott G. Brown. S.G. Brown is uh, uh, how he's known on the covers of his books. Is releasing not one, not two, but three original short stories in the month of August as uh, ebook singles on Amazon. I'm ridiculously excited about this. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So I saw this the other day, actually, and completely forgot about it. So I'm happy that you brought this up. Um, I'm going to, I'm trying to find his Facebook page to tell you the names of. Oh, oh, no. Allow me, you got that. Memorize them. <laughs> Remedial English for Reanimated Corpses, which I'm going to just guess because I've not seen synopses for any of these. I'm going <laughs> to assume is a breather's tie in. Um, although the person on the cover of the book is scrawling vampires suck into a desk. So I'm not sure where that's going. Uh, and then we have Dr. Sinister's Home for Retired Villains and Scattered Showers with a Chance of Daikaiju. Oh, like uh, Godzilla monsters, right? Um, sure. Isn't that what... I have no idea. I'm, I'm Googling. Uh, let's see. Daikaiju meaning... Is uh, related terms include blah 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 a film featuring giant monsters or a single monster referring to roughly humanoid monsters and daijaiku specifically meaning the larger variety of monsters. So yes, definitely Godzilla ish stuff. It was way more succinct when I said it. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> I can't um, tell you how excited I am about this. Right. So um, I, there's not a specific date, but it is August. We're recording this on August 1st. There's not currently a specific date. Um, I guess I probably could have reached out to, to Scott and asked him for a specific date. Um, but either way, I got to tell you that uh, there's going to be some some uh, reading time set aside for these uh, for these Kindle shorts. For sure. And did you notice who uh, blurbed him on the cover of these short stories? No, I did not, actually. Is with a quote of one of today's very best writers. It was New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Mayberry. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Who, by the way, said that we have the coolest podcast on the internet. So Yeah, but that was before he was doing a podcast. He may he may have rescinded that statement. Oh, do you think he hmm, well do you think he's still calling ours the coolest? Well, I mean, that was like two thousand twelve, so we were at least the coolest podcast in two thousand twelve. I'm pretty 13. sure it's still the coolest. Whatever. Podcast. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. Even if his cha- his mind changed, although I wouldn't be calling another podcast the coolest podcast. So I, you know, like if anybody who has their own podcast should hope to like 
say that it's the best, the coolest. I, you know, I don't know. I think some people know that there's just better podcasts out there. They're oh, so they're humble. Yeah, that is a foreign idea well, yeah. to me <laughs> well when you're the best it's hard to be humble <laughs> back to sg brown um super excited we haven't had something from him since what less than hero yes it's been too long mm-hmm. so i i expect that there will probably be some mini reviews here and there of these sprinkled sprinkled in yeah. there yeah i think so all right moving along to um newsworthy topic number two we've been talking about this for months um so, as I mentioned today, as we're recording, it's August 1st. Not sure when you're listening, so this might be slightly older news for you. But Gamut Magazine, um, headed by Richard Thomas, launched officially today. Rob, have you had a chance to look at it? Um, yeah. So, this it's weird because it's not launched, launched. Because they're still doing the full launch January 1st, right? Yeah, this is like a preview launch thing, I think. Do you think oh, that... And, and it's already so busy that... It, is it, oh, no, it's not GamutMag.com. Never mind. <laughs> like, like the, this isn't GamutMag.com. It's not right. It's Gamut... Gamut.online, buddy. Dot .online. That's no, just Gamut.online. Sorry. Oh, just Gamut.online. Yeah. No mag. Oh. All right. Yeah, because that was... You're thinking like of a different reach. website. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, they're already overloaded. Gamut.online. Uh, it's like a... A preview of what the website's going to look like. Okay, I but, haven't looked yet, so you're definitely getting like a first impression. Uh, but I think they also opened up to submissions. So, did you submit a story yet? No, I'm I'm still working on it. I think what I'm going to do, um, just to make sure that Richard's really putting in the hours, I'm going to submit a new story every week. <laughs> Now, those are going to be read somehow blind. I'm not sure, and he mentioned it here on the podcast, I think, but I know he's talked about it, is um, it's going to be in such a way that nobody knows who wrote them. So, I mean, someone's got to get it eventually. So I don't know if it's just Richard's going to take the names off and give them to people to read, or I'm, I'm not sure how, how that works exactly. There's got to be a process. Like, they have to, like, codify them or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, as I'm looking through here, there are samples, uh, stories to be read, and there are uh, quite a few, um, including stories from, which is going to bring me to another point. So remind me of another point on this when I call somebody out, maybe not by name, but um, story by Mort Castle, Max Booth III, Diddle Knab, K-N-A-B-B, Knab? I think it's Nab. Maybe. Diddle Nab, Uh, Angela Slater, Stephen Graham Jones, Simon Munch. Craig Walwork and Rebecca Jones Howe, Damian Angelica Waters, Walters, and well, oh, I'm sorry, Walters. Sorry, I'm scrolling like as fast as I can to get to these. Um, so quite a bit to read. Now, I do believe that I read Dollhouse by Craig Walwork previously, so I'm not sure where it appeared before, but this uh, sounds very, very familiar. So I'm, I'm sure I read it um, previously. Can I tell you what 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 got me going on this today, though? What's that? Oh, you know, you know how much I love Craig, right? Craig Walwork, dude. Yeah. Like, what's not to love about him? So, right. So, uh, I want to say that this is has nothing to do with with anything with him. But what I caught <laughs> today on Twitter, and I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say who wrote this tweet, but we should talk about this because we are we we review books and stories, right? So I think we're authorities on doing that. If on nothing else, we're authorities on that, right? Yeah. 
Here's what someone wrote. Lost sleep for days thanks to Craig Walwork and this story. Now you can lose sleep, too, thanks to Gamut Magazine, Gamut Online, dot online, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Lost sleep for days. Does that sound like maybe it's a little embellished? I, I would hope so. Yeah. Like, that's not the way you get someone to read a, a story. You know, if it's, uh, if it's a story I'm thinking of, I remember liking it quite a lot. Um. But the bottom line is that that's a little bit much. And I don't like seeing stuff like that. That's kind of like blurbs. You know, when you see this blurb that just says, you know, oh, you know, this, this, uh, you know, reading this book is going to improve the rest of your life or some kind of crap like that. I think it kind of takes away from the fact that it's a great story because of like the crazy embellishment. I've right. seen this a lot, especially with horror. You know, oh, reading this book made me sleep with the lights on for a week. No, it didn't. You're lying. Like that's not right, right. Talk about the fact that it's a really scary story that you really enjoyed it, you know, but don't don't embellish like that. That just seems kind of that seems a little much, doesn't it? Right. And there's I mean, I guess I could say that there's probably a good way and a bad way to do that. Like if someone said, um, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, like they read Least of My Scars and they said something like, I'll never look at storage lockers the same way or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where it's like it made my perception of something different. I could see sure. that, but if it's it, nothing scary, nothing scary enough to actually make you lose sleep for multiple days. Yeah, I will say um, "Night in the Lonesome October," which we reviewed during a throwback episode. Yeah, I don't think I've ever looked at like that. Like out here in the suburbs, you don't see a lot of people like walking around on the street at all, mm-hmm. and even less at night, unless like a group of kids or something. But I got to tell you, I read that maybe 15 years ago for the first time, maybe a little longer than that. And I always think of that story when I see someone like an adult walking down like a side street in the suburbs at night. Like, what is that person up to? They've got to be up to something weird. And it always calls me back to that story almost without fail. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. um, yeah, I mean, I remember House of Leaves getting reviews from people like that, and I just never liked that because it it it, it takes away the credibility of how good or scary that story might be. Yeah, if it's an obvious like embellishment, yeah, mm-hmm. like now yeah. House of Leaves. After reading a part of uh, toward the beginning of the book, there's a scene where it just something really freaky happens in the dark, and I was reading it in the dark, and I was like, well, not reading this in the dark anymore. And that's an endorsement, but like, yeah, but that's yeah. fair. That's, yep. Yeah, but you know what? It's it's not like you never read a book in the dark again, <laughs> you know I mean? right? Like I, like, I can't read, I can't, I can't read in a in a home by myself anymore. Like that's right. stupid. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah, sorry to take away from the from the gamut spotlight. Um, the website <laughs> looks pretty cool. Um, I don't know that I'll have time to double back and read these stories, but I, I would like to add that to my list. I did hear that it looked good on mobile. Somebody did mention that in the social medias, which I'm very, very excited about. Because nowadays, if you don't have a mobile-friendly website, especially for things like reading, like who wants to sit in front of their computer and read a story? Nobody does. No. Well, maybe some people do. Yeah, a few. But, There's a couple out there. Um, they're probably the people that are sitting in front of their computer listening to this. So <laughs> yeah, you are not marginalized. Exactly. We we yeah. accept you. We appreciate you. Yes, that's right. So, um, yeah. So, Gamut, looking good. Um, Going to be a few months before we get more content, I'm assuming. But uh, I will say that it's, it's a, little, a little flashy looking. It's nice. A lot of black and white. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
But I don't um, know. well, yeah. But art, the, the the front page, yeah. The artwork for every story. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, white text on black background, which is you know that's good for me. It's my it's thing. For most people, I think it's that's actually thing. easier on the eyes, isn't yeah. it? Supposed and I like the aesthetic of it. If you notice, anything I ever design is usually white text on a back, on a black background. Well, that's because we're cheap and we know the printing is yeah. inexpensive. That's yeah, how exactly. that started. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> now, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've now we've uh, we've just adopted that. And it's become an aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, congrats on the and going back to um, remember when we did the you remember way back to when we. Um, interviewed the guys for a soul standard and i was talking about how you know we would say something and then it made it happen again we asked richard hey when are we going to see what the website looks like and then like a week later he's like here's a preview so i'm gonna go ahead and take credit for i think booked is gonna take credit for making this preview of it uh (laughs) possible that's right you're welcome everybody you're welcome you are welcome yeah now i got nothing i got something all right let's do it uh so livius Yes. Um, have you heard anything about the upcoming season of American Horror Story? Nothing. I saw a little teaser thing that's saying, is this a hint at the new season of American Horror Story? Everything else I heard was from you. Okay. Did you read that thing? No. All right. So I'm going to give you I'm the link. I'm taking this not reading really seriously. You're, I mean, I'm not reading anything. I, <laughs> I'm sending you the link to that exact thing. Because I think we need to talk about this. Now, anybody who, and I can't imagine why you would want to do this, um, doesn't want to know ahead of time what the sixth season of American Horror Story might be about, you might want to skip ahead a few minutes. Um, According to a Nerdist article, which um, credits sources like IndieWire and TMZ. um, All reputable. All reputable. Yeah, right there. I mean, like, that's top-notch journalism. Um, here's what I'm going to read from the article written by Blair Marnell, uh, today. Um, let's see. Via IndieWire, a few pictures of the set were run on TMZ and they revealed that the new season will deal with the lost colony of Roanoke, one of the greatest mysteries in American history. Have you ever heard of that before? Um, is that Roanoke, West Virginia? Um, it's on the East coast. I think it's North Carolina. Um, all right, let's let's read more. Um, the TMZ photo include a pic of the word Croatoan carved into a tree, which was the only clue left behind by the settlers of Roanoke, who otherwise disappeared without a trace in 1590. The Croatoans were a Native American tribe in the territory known as Raleigh, North Carolina. There have been many theories about what happened to the colonists, including integration with the local tribes or even suggestion that they were killed by the natives. But there is no definitive proof for either scenario. TMZ's report indicates that the cast members of American Horror Story have been seen in Pilgrim-era clothing, which seems to confirm that at least part of the season will be set in Roanoke. It's also known the season will split its time between the past and present. However, not clear which cast members will appear in those time periods. Um, that did sound more familiar the more you read. And I do remember about a colony disappearing and something being carved in a tree, but I would not have remembered that. Um, interesting. Um, I would have, before you even got to the part, I was assuming that would have to be now and then, because I don't know yeah. the American Horror Story can carry a 1590s piece. I think they're a little too dependent. Um, not not too dependent, but I think the show's dependent on some modern era. Yeah. Well, know, that... Stylus for... 
that and they always tie in all the seasons to other seasons so they wouldn't be able to do that unless there was some like you know historical connection with something else but um well they very loosely tie them in at least the first three or four were right I'm yeah really barely but <laughs> yeah the tie-ins get a little bit more in, um intentional as the seasons go on um but uh returning cast members include lady gaga she's got to be wearing some fucking 16th century thongs if uh if i have anything to say about it Evan Peters, Dennis O'Hare, Kathy Bates, Angela Bassett, and Matt Bomer. Now, Evan Peters is awesome. I love Dennis O'Hare, especially, like, his character on True Blood was probably one of the the coolest characters. I loved that guy. Russell? Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are by name. Uh, so, yes, Russell was awesome. Kathy Bates? Um, I, I know who Kathy Bates and Angela Bassett are. The guys now, uh, elude me a little bit. Angela Bassett is awesome. I don't think they've given her the character that is right for her yet. I I get the feeling, and, and maybe I just, I don't know. It, maybe I misconstrued Angela Bassett, but I remember when it was the first, well, no, the first one she was in was the Witches one, right? Yeah. Because she was the, the Marie Laveau. Yep. I just thought she was a bigger actor than that. Yeah, it, it, just, you know it I mean? feels like, like something just, between her talent and her characters does not quite mix yeah well for me and and i don't i I like the first few seasons of american horror story and i did not watch hotel um and i I gave up on freak show but um it just seems like that show is below what i thought of her as an actress and that's not that's not taking a shot at the show it just it's a campy kind of horror effects you you know what i mean like right I, I picture her being nominated for Oscars and not playing Marie Laveau in a kind of weird, you know, horror anthology. Yeah. So. No, no, that totally makes sense. You know, like, um, yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah. I mean, Kathy I Bates was renowned for her, her role in, um, um, so the office. Went, <laughs> yes. In the office. No, in the Stephen King, um, misery in misery. And I think she, she won several awards for that. But this seems right, right in her wheelhouse. I didn't think like this right. is too small of a show or whatever for her. But I don't know. Maybe I just had way too much respect for Angela Bassett before. That was undeserved. Angela Bassett, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I think less of you now. Yeah, a little bit. I'm excited, man. Like, have you? Did you see the little preview videos that they put up? Nope. So they released like six little, probably thirty to forty second videos. Very vague, you know. That's how they always are. Remember the snakes crawling out of the mouth for like season two, uh-huh. season three, like a bunch of weird stuff like that happening. Um, so they've got they got exactly a bunch of those, and it's like um, there's just like a like a house in the middle of a cornfield, and there's like a like smoke coming up from it in the in the shape of a question mark, and you know stuff like that. And maybe it's maybe it's vapor. Could be vapor. Could be. We get it, you vape. I should yep. I should caption yeah, yeah, that for yeah, you. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, thanks. Um but um the question mark would tie into if it's if it's talking about one of America's biggest mysteries, right? Yeah. Because the yeah, question mark has been sure. like one of the main visual kind of cues for season six. So I'm excited, man. They've been doing great stuff. And um even Scream Queen season two. <laughs> 
looks pretty awesome. I'm just excited about TV right now. As excited <laughs> as I can be with like my heart being repeatedly broken with every good TV show being canceled. Um, I have mixed feelings about tackling something that actually happened because, I mean, obviously this is all kind of assumptive, right? We're going to assume that they're going to tell us what happened to those people, which can be really great, but which can be kind of tricky too, if that makes sense. I'm sure. It's kind of like all the Jack the Ripper movies, you know, like, yeah, now we think maybe we know, but there have been so many movies pinning Jack the Ripper as different people. So it's, it's when you take an actual historic event and give it an outcome, you think, and this show let's face it doesn't really deal very much in reality so i don't know that you know but they're inspired by so like um i i'm not going to be able to name all the references for the different seasons but like um the coven those you know the characters in coven all some of them at least were inspired by you know historical well, stories and stuff like that story. yeah marie laveau and um Oh, I can't think of the other lady's name. I, I was at her her house, the 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 one that Kathy Bates played. It's yeah. her name's eluding me. I've been I've been there several times on like tours and you know what I mean? Like where slaves were found, you know, in, right. in all kinds of horrible situations where she was like doing experiments on them and stuff. So um uh, Hotel. What the hotel owner was inspired by H. H. Holmes from Chicago in the eighteen nineties. So yeah, they draw a lot of their, you know, inspiration from from reality from real things but yeah i i i know what you're saying like this is an unexplained or or, or a historical situation that there's very little information about and we'd almost be like seeing this as like writing the history of this event or whatever right right yep yeah especially since you believe in fiction as as history (laughs) well yeah all right i see i see what you're saying maybe i'm the problem uh, well, hey, all right, you picked up on my subtext there. <laughs> um, I am um, only really excited about, um, man, I'm really bad with names today. Kiefer Sutherland is in a new show called... 25? Yeah, no, it's got a really dumb name, something Survivor. At any rate, he is, <laughs> well, he, he is... <laughs> Whenever there's a, a State of the Union or, or whatever, one of the cabinet members always doesn't attend in case there is some type of attack or disaster. So a designated survivor. And that's what that person is called, I guess. So they randomly pick someone kind of unimportant in the chain of command. <laughs> well, in this, he is that guy. And he's like hanging out, like kind of bored watching this whatever, like State of the Union address or some cabinet meeting on TV. And they, they don't say what it is, but I'm assuming it's some kind of terrorist attack. Everybody is killed. <laughs> so he becomes the very unlikely president of the United States because he's like 12th down on the chain or something ridiculous yeah. like that. So he's like, you know, you know like, like, like the minister of, you know, um, janitorial service at the White House or something. And, you know, he becomes the president and has to assume this role under this attack situation. So um, it looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, Natasha McElhorn or whatever is in it and plays his uh, his I don't know wife lady friend whatever from Californication. Hank Moody's oh, lady the, friend, the the baby mama. Yeah. Oh, she's tall and thin. Yeah, she's awesome. I, I I've only ever seen her in two things: Californication, in which she was terrific, 
and in the Truman Show, where she was also terrific. That's a hundred percent terrific. That's from what I've seen. So I'm hoping <laughs> that I'm hoping this carries out. But yeah, this uh, it looks good. That's probably the thing I'm most excited about that's coming new on television. Ah, crazy. I mean, I mean Neil Gaiman's American Gods, of course, too, but. That seems like a long way off. Saw a trailer for that. That looks pretty interesting, even though I know nothing about the source material. I read the book many, many years ago when it first came out, and yeah. I have like vague recollections of it. But basically, it um, I think like if you had Norse mythology, but it was like American mythology. Mm. So like you know you have like a, and I'm gonna totally butcher this. So anybody who's a big fan, sorry. But, like, an Indian god of something and, like, the god of, like, poker and, you know what I mean? But these things right. that are kind of rooted in our um, in our culture, our, our young American culture. Um, but they're actually, they're, they're human embodiments of that. Hmm. And about a guy who winds up inadvertently getting involved. I mean, I'm going to check it out because it's got um, Brian, guy. Brian Fuller, right? Is that the name? The mm-hmm. showrunner for Hannibal oh, is, uh, is the showrunner. I don't care about the actors. Um, no, you do, because you love that guy from Deadwood. The, Ian McShane? Also, yes. Is he in that? Did you miss the trailer? Like, it's like Fucking him and the guy man. in the whole trailer. Like, it's, it's pretty much him in the trailer. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that again. I don't remember that at all. I love Ian McShane. You can I, have, I want, you, like, I want you, you, you to can... think about not remembering that when you watch the trailer again. Because there are like four people up here in that trailer, and he's got to be in 70% of it. You could put Ian McShane standing in front of my apartment, like, just shouting, like, the worst insults at me. And I'd be like, man, he's doing a great job out there. <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, Sherlock. Did you see the Did you see the pre- preview for season four? I have not watched previews for a lot of things. I know that it exists. With this, here, here's the thing. So with a show like Sherlock, with a returning show that I love, it's kind of like with books, like not needing to read the synopsis. Like I don't need to watch the, yeah. the, the trailer for it. I, I know it's coming. I, I know I'm going to watch it. Well, just got to get yourself excited about it. Yeah. Meh. Meh? No, no. I, I, I'm. Here's the whole thing. It's not that I'm not excited. <laughs> you drinking about out of stuff. boots? Yeah. Because you're talking crazy. Like nothing about me watching it is going to make it show up any faster. It's going to get fair. here like when it gets here. So that's fair. Yep. So. Uh, looks good. There's a lot of tension. Um, that fucking little weird guy is in it. Um, oh, the fucking little weird guy. No yeah. shit. Hang on. And I feel bad saying the fucking little weird guy because it's really insulting. So, let me see if I can. Did you hear me typing? Yes. Damn it. <laughs> Who's this little weird guy? I'm going to be a no help here because I haven't seen the trailer. I'm not sure who the little fucking weird guy is. He, uh... Uh, IMDb is failing me right now. Is he little fucking and weird in other shows or movies that we might know? Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't know what I've known him from, but he just seems like he's in things. <laughs> this is he's, this he's is awful. Motherfucker, now I have to watch the trailer to help you figure out who this is. Sherlock. It's weird because like, he's not listed in the cast of... There will be a lot of crying. See, this is the other thing. Like, I don't want to see what to expect from... Like, I just don't... This is why I don't watch these things. I mean, this that was an article, but all right, I'm watching it now. 
You're going to be like, oh, that fucking little weird guy. Oh, yeah. He is from stuff. <laughs> He's in fucking everything. How many episodes is it going to be? Uh, three new episodes. Okay. The huge. Good lord. His his. Well, except for last time when it was one. Well, that was the... So, like, they usually come out with some sort of Christmas thing. It's usually not an entire episode, but the Abominable Ride was like a bridge between mm-hmm. season three and four. And it's technically the first episode of season four. But, um... Yeah, this guy's in everything. He's in like six different jobs a year. He's got to use in Frost Nixon. Was he uh, really in like the Captain America movies? Because I don't remember uh, all from that. And I've seen the the two that are. I haven't seen the newest one, but he was the um. He was the Wayward Pines is what I've seen him in most recently as David Pilcher. He was a little fucking weird guy, in Captain America, um, that ended up being that like computer program that kind of revealed the oh, shit that was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. All right, I do remember him now. Hunger Games, a- Snow White, Huntsman. He's this guy's all over everything. Because <laughs> that's okay. So because that's what it is. Some people are sitting around. They're like, "Oh, we need to cast this other this other role." And they're like, "Who can we get?" And they're like, "How about that little fucking weird guy?" <laughs> And then someone in the room's like, are you guys talking about Toby Jones again? And they're like, yeah, him. He's in fucking everything. He's a great little weird guy. <laughs> I, I bet he's an amazing actor. Um, I would have to imagine, again, because I'm, I'm back to 1998, and it's like, well, let's see how many IMDb entries does he have. And I know this doesn't always work properly. 99 credits. Um, That's a lot of work. Now, sometimes it's, you know, you're the voice in... A, a cartoon like a video game right yeah. yeah so but 99 acting credits from 1992 to now that's not bad yeah yeah he gets paid he does more than we do <laughs> i'm sure of that yeah. He, yeah i mean he probably you know for just for being a little fucking weird guy so i'm not sure for listeners i'm not sure how much is getting edited out so i will say there are three episodes coming up of Sherlock in the event that you did not hear that portion of the conversation because it got a little weird for me oh, about 20 minutes of searching yeah. IMDb for stuff. So. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about that. That, American Gods, New American Horror Story, New Scream Queens. There's None a lot of, of stuff coming up. Anything to do with books. Um, some just, of it is adapted from books. Like what? Scream American Queens? Gods. American Gods is, yeah. Sherlock. Sherlock was a de- yeah, but uh, inspired so, by characters. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with very loosely at this point. That's that's seen some uh, some pretty significant changes from the Arthur Conan Doyle days. Yeah, there was no text messaging in the original Sherlock. I don't know if people know that. Oh, I'm waiting for people to think about that if they if they know that or not. Can we talk but, about is the Olympics happening? Is that a thing? Yes, the Olympics are a thing. Is and that yes, happening now? Probably happening. Yeah, or, you, I, I believe that they're all arriving there. I don't know if it's actually started or not. Oh, okay, I just want to start hearing the weird stories, like how many people die in the Olympics this year. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's let's talk about that for a second. Um, the weirdest thing um, I've heard about the Olympics is that people are arriving in. Is it in Brazil? I think it's in Brazil, right? Yeah, it's in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And uh, Pokemon Go has not launched there. So there are athletes <laughs> from all over the world that are like bent out of shape that they're going to fall behind in Pokemon Go <laughs> because they're stuck there for like a month with no Pokemon Go. I heard on a different podcast that um, 
some countries are giving their athletes condoms um, to make sure that they don't get diseases from <laughs> Brazilian women. Oh, oh! Is that are Brazilian women known for that? I thought they, I thought it was just anal sex that they were known for, <laughs> and um, waxing techniques. Um, there's the Zika virus, I guess. Right? Is that what it's called? Oh, is that happening over there too? That's a big thing in Brazil, apparently. Big oh, problem. Big problem. That's now a problem as of today in Florida. <sighs> Florida. So there's, a, so there's. I don't know if you heard this or not, but there is a. So this, I don't know. And the news people said, we don't know when the last time this happened was. Okay. And they're news people. So, you know, they did a little bit of research. More than us. Yeah. The CDC is advising people to just not go to a particular neighborhood in Miami because of the number of Zika cases that have popped up. No, what they're saying is that the CDC gives warnings about going to other countries and stuff. But in the United States, it's almost, it, it, they think it's unprecedented. Even when like West Nile virus was happening in New Orleans and stuff? Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. So, anyway, to stay out of Florida and out of Brazilian women, apparently. Yeah, if you meet a Brazilian woman in Florida, you're practically dead. <laughs> or your baby's being born with a really tiny head or whatever happens with the Zika virus. Isn't that... That's that's what happens, yeah. right? Yeah, they do look... Yeah. yeah, they look... I've seen some pictures. It's not pretty. Not pretty. You don't want that to happen. This is our public service announcement. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Florida and hook up with a Brazilian woman or man. I'm I'm guessing hooking up with a Brazilian man could be just as as dangerous. Probably for other oh. re- yeah, like same reasons, other reasons. I don't know. All right, I, I, I think, don't know how we got on Zika. Because <laughs> um, oh, we were talking about the Olympics. Because I'm I'm not even interested in the Olympics, but it's just I've never been interested in the Olympics. Here's here's why I think I'm. I'm at least keeping my ears open about it is because if it wasn't happening in Brazil, it would be happening in our backyard. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right in Chicago. We were the, we were one of the, one of the finalist cities for our listeners who aren't from Chicago. Uh, Chicago put in a bid for the 2016 summer Olympics and we were beaten by Rio. So if Rio didn't have it, it would be happening right now. And you know what I would be doing right now instead of doing this podcast? No idea. I'd be a fucking Uber driver just making money like crazy driving those idiots around. <laughs> Stacking the dough. Uh, is that how it works? Apparently. Right. Lollapalooza just happened this weekend, and I, I there's like three people at, at my job who are also, they drive for Uber. Mm-hmm. And... Apparently, the weekend, uh, not the band, the weekend. I'm not talking about them. Um, over the weekend with Lollapalooza. See, I made a fucking musician joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really went over pretty it. well. They did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, he knows about that band. Um, over the weekend, uh, the, the bad thing to do was to be right where Lala was, was letting out on mm-hmm. Michigan Avenue because the traffic was crazy. But if you were hanging out like two to three blocks west, and just ready to pick people up. It was just like a nonstop night of driving people around. And because like when those types of things happen, you get surge prices. It's like three times your usual fare. So you just make it money hand over fist. With a service like that, and because you know people who do this, can you just like, so you don't have like an area, right? Like you're an Uber driver here, whatever, like around where you live. But could you just on the weekend be like, let's go to Chicago and Uber drive there. Yeah. 
I'm going to go to New York and Uber drive there. Like, yeah, dude. Can you just... Huh, interesting. Yeah, and the idea is, like, um, you you drive where you, you feel like driving, but obviously there's going to be more opportunities for picking people up in the city than there would be in the suburbs. Sure, I just, I just, I guess I never really thought about it. I mean, I thought, like, cabs have, not they can't go outside their range, but, like, you know, you're the cab guy in Gurney, Illinois. You know what I mean? Like, in right. that area. Not like, I could just take my cab down to the city and cab drive down there for, you know, the weekend or whatever. <laughs> right. In this case, it's essentially the moment your ride ends, your car becomes available for another ride. So if you're in the suburbs and someone needs a ride into the city, once you drop them off, bing, you're available. Like, people can request rides from you. Right. But then, clearly, you would be looking for someone to help get you back out this way and paid to... Yeah, you can set a, a destination like direction, so mm-hmm. you can say I'm headed west, and then pretty much you would get the the rides that are oh. requesting to go west because you have Great. to put in a destination uh, address. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if Ubering to the airport is um, cheaper than cab slash limo slash parking. It was when we were in L.A. Do you remember that? No, because I oh, I guess yeah, but I took how did I get the I don't remember. Okay, so I didn't uh, Uber to because yeah, Uber in, in 2012 wasn't that thing. Even, but, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it was. Yeah. Oh wait, did we do shuttles? I just remember. Okay, so I'm remembering this last trip uh, to LA where, um, uh, the 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 cab because I took a cab from LAX to where we were staying in Venice, and it was like thirty eight dollars, mm-hmm. and we did an Uber to the airport from the exact same place. And it was like nine dollars. <laughs> huh, Granted, different times of day and everything, but right, yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna Uber everywhere now. Nice. My one Uber experience was pretty good. So. It's not bad. All right, I want to talk about the one thing I'm excited about because clearly I'm not excited about TV too much, as we already discussed. But Park Chan Wook, does this mean name mean anything to you? Mm, no. Okay, so he is the. Um, the director of um, one of my favorite movies, Old Boy, um, which is a masterpiece about revenge, just an absolute masterpiece. He has a new movie coming out called The Handmaiden, and uh, I did get really excited when I watched the trailer for that. So, What is it about? Tell us a little bit more. Um, so from the trailer, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it is a, uh, yeah, it's about a woman, and it's gonna be, it's going to be ugly. Um, is, uh, hold on a second. Let me see if I can pull up an actual synopsis. Uh, adapted from Victorian era set novel Fingersmith. No fucking way. <laughs> no fucking, I swear, this is not a setup. I did not know this. It's adapted from Fingersmith, which was that weird lesbian finger banging. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not, I don't even know what to say about this because now it makes sense because there is a scene in the trailer where there's two women laying in the bed and the one like like kind of like rolls over to kiss the other one and they don't show you what happens. <laughs> Adapted from the Victorian era set novel Fingersmith by Sarah Waters, the setting has been transposed onto the 1930s Korea during the time of Japanese colonial rule. It centers on a pickpocket who becomes the maid of a wealthy Japanese heiress and is plotting with a con man in hopes of seizing her inheritance. However, when the heiress falls in love with her maid, things take a turn. Mm, a sexy and turn. Actually, says the trailer doesn't reveal much. It really doesn't reveal much. <laughs> when were we talking about Fingersmith? Was that in the previous the, episode, the or previous was that in episode, Book Live? Yeah. 
No, it was in the previous episode, and it was the um, oh, the sexy, uh, the yeah, five, five sexiest, sexiest scenes or whatever, ever, yeah, or something scenes from novels or whatever, <laughs> and that one was just terrible. Oh um, no! Now I gotta tell you, I'm a little less excited than I was <laughs> like three minutes ago. What are the chances, man? What are the chances? Oh, finger Smith, hilarious! So yeah, totally not set up. I had no idea, um, but yeah, definitely. Looking forward to a new movie from the guy who brought us Old Boy. You should check out the trailer. It's pretty intense. What's the name of it again? Because I'm just going to look up Finger Bang or something. And <laughs> the Handmaiden. That's a whole Handmaiden. different video. The Handmaiden. All right. I'll watch that once we're done here. Yep. Which I Do think I need to dim the lights? <laughs> roughly now, um, based on the route we've taken. Um, yeah. Dim lights. <laughs> I'm not going to. That's creepy if I, yeah. You you Um, might not sleep for days. (laughs) Wow, it's it's as haunting as a Craig Wahlberg story? Pretty much. All right. Uh, Yeah, I think this is going to be kind of a shorter episode. Um, But we're we're done. (laughs) That's it. We're done. That's it. We didn't even mention the new Harry Potter book is out. It is. Now, all right, so I haven't picked up my copy yet. But I get the feeling that we're going to be reading this as like the script for the play. Yeah, yeah, it's Ooh. a it's a script, it's a script book, so it's not a novel. And I talked to someone, so it just released the day before we're recording this episode, mm-hmm. and someone I work with has already read the entire thing, and oh. she says that. It's obvious that some parts were written by the two other guys, mm-hmm. not J.K. Rowling, but um, it is. she was super excited about the story and said it was very, very worthwhile. She didn't happen to mention how somebody who has never read and really knows pretty much nothing about Harry Potter would, would do. I was thinking more and more <laughs> about this. Yeah. I think that the assumption is either you've read the books or you've seen the movies. Yeah. If you're likely to pick this up. So I'm wondering how much of that I'm just not going to get. Like, where you're going to have to explain to me. Like, I know Hogwarts is a, like, school where you learn to be a wizard. And I know Harry's got a couple of friends. And I think he's in love with the one girl or something. Like, this is literally what I know about Harry Potter. Just Can you continue explaining what you know about Harry Potter? Because this is yeah. probably the best podcasting we've ever done. <laughs> That's it. Like, they fly around on brooms. This is true. Um... And there's an old guy that's probably fucking mean. I don't know what's his name. Um, what's the actor's name? The um, I can totally picture him, but I can't think of his name. Uh, the Hans Gruber. Oh Wasn't yeah, he in it? Alan Rickman. Like yeah. Well, he's dead now, so I guess he probably won't be appearing in in the next movie. But yeah, I know Alan Rickman is, and he's a bad guy. I think right. Uh yeah, he's yeah. kind of an antagonist. Yeah, so there. That's what. That's honestly, that's what I know about Harry Potter. That's it. That's. I mean, that's not. Uh, not. I mean, considering you never read it, read any of yeah. it, or watched the movies, I think that's a good amount to know. Okay. Um, well, I'm hoping that's going to carry me through. You're just going to have to watch all eight movies. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. Do you, but I mean, you watch. You you said this last time. It was like you can watch a twelve episodes of something mm-hmm. in a night. Just watch yeah. eight eight Harry Potter movies. You'll yeah. be so enchanted. No, no pun intended. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was just gonna say, really, that's <laughs> a little um, on the nose there. But uh, you'll just be like, "Oh, I'm. Uh, I want to go to Harry Potter World and get sorted and drink some butter beers." I'm going to assume 
that you have not seen the Preacher season finale because you have not mentioned it. No, that's really honestly what's going to happen the moment this episode is over. Probably the same for me. Now, yeah. interestingly enough, I, I gathered this from some social media sites. So everything we've seen was new for everybody because this last episode is episode one, uh, um, issue one of the comic book. Yeah, I saw that. Someone I can't remember who put who, but then they said that it Jeff was... Burke. I think it might have been Jeff Burke. Huh, I saw say that. Mr. Shatner Quake himself? Yes. Um, so, yeah, that yeah. being said, that's kind of interesting, because I felt like maybe we weren't getting some of the stuff, but I'm, I mean, and again, if you're familiar with the characters and where they end up, there might be little things that are cool to you, because you're like, oh, I know that that becomes a thing, although right. it's kind of a throwaway moment you know, when you're seeing it in the show. So, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to get those wheels rolling as soon as we, uh, wrap up this, uh, this, uh, conversation right now. Yeah. So we're going to go watch preacher. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it might be another interlude next week, depending on how some of our things we're trying to string together end up shaking out, waiting to hear back from some people about some stuff. So if we don't get them in time, We'll have well, another it's really likely going to be a Harry Potter review, I think. If, if someone read that like in 24 hours, then yeah. I, I'm assuming that we can get through it in a week. Ooh, let's see how many pages it is. Yeah, but, but it's like it's, script it's pages. Script, yeah, I was going to say that's not, if it says 400, that doesn't mean anything. I just typed cursed child, C H I L E. Cursed Jilly? <laughs> like voodoo. Ch- I don't know. It's a guy. Anyway, uh, 320 pages. Yeah, and if that's done in like dinky pages, play format, yeah. You know, Reading a script that's three hundred twenty pages would be super easy. So maybe maybe that's what will happen. Perhaps. All right. Well, join us for that. I'm going to go watch a Biz Marquee video and then Preacher. So until next time, I'm Rob Olson and I'm Livia Snudden. Keep listening, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>